on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, for lifelong Saints fans, talking everything Southampton. Welcome to the Saints Prime Podcast. Okay, so you join us straight after the Wolves game. So you two went and watched it. Uh, I watched it on the stream. It's about seven o'clock as we're reacting to it now. We're just going to give through our thoughts because we normally do our reactions, but this one's going to have a lot of reactions uh, because of the game. So we can go into it now. Obviously, I was, I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing in front of me considering the form we've been in in recent times to then the performance we saw in that second half. Is there anything in particular that jumps out at you straight away before we get started? No, Shane Long scored. <laughs> I guess on the positives, yeah. So uh, I guess you were pretty happy at that point, weren't you, Mike? Shane Long getting on the score sheet. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I almost cried because Shane Long did score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like it. Oops, sorry. I do, no, I do like it that every time Shane Long scores, that I don't think we've scored. I think Mikey's delighted. Wherever he's sat, He's delighted that Shane Long's just put it in. And at that point, I thought, there we go, another another good win. But sadly, we lost just due to our, our own downfall. We, we threw it away. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm frustrated for them. I'm frustrated with the players more than I am the fans due to the fact that they've worked so hard to get, our, to get themselves into the top 12 and fight for a, a top 10 position. And they, they, they chucked it away, sadly. Yeah. It, it happens, it happens. And thankfully, we've got a game on Tuesday, so recuperate mm. recover and get something there at crystal palace yeah it's true um we did ask for some match reactions straight off the game so tears if you're able to get them up just while I he is getting them up we'll pop them up the street it's Christmas yeah school. so they came up on on the instagram so tears if you can run them through just while you're getting them up how you can get them in get them in at the saints prime on the twitter uh no. we'll always put it up after the game on the twitter on it's the instagram on the, i'm losing it on the instagram there you go yeah uh, Dan Hurst 96 says we can't win them all. Uh, nothing less than criminal, Mr. McMenemy. Uh, Ollie Burke annoying, but we go again. Um, Alexi, um, how on earth do we manage to bottle a 2 0 lead? I'm absolutely fuming. Uh, not very good, says Ollie. Uh, another contributor regularly. We need to get some good players this window. Brody, Glynn, XX, and Alex Jones has said, sad we lost. But it shows, Ralph, we still need, uh, well, so we still have defensive issues and we need to act not a bad thing. Those are the reactions we've had so a few far. different ones there. You've got a couple of quite positive ones there. People obviously feeling the, uh, feeling the love from the previous, you know, results that we've had and still have confidence in the boys. And a lot of reactionary ones there as well. People being quite nervous. And I've got to say, I am a little bit nervous. The fact that, we saw major improvements over the last time we've been enjoying the success we've had, but today we fell into traps that we've had previously. A lot of people on Twitter and things like that saying, oh, that's the Southampton I know, you know. And uh, I think one of you guys gave me a bit of sticks for saying that our home form's not great and that it can be on the, uh, you know, it can be very either positive or very negative. Um, but I think uh, that played a part, the fact that we went, one goal down and the atmosphere I could hear it changed completely in the stadium and possibly away you wouldn't really get that well I guess you would but you know what I mean like at home I think the as soon as that that goal went in for Wolves I think the whole stadium got quite nervy and I think that 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 changed the uh, atmosphere of the game a little bit I think that that was a bit of a, a factor and I it, I hope I hope that we can go to Palace and remain on course and not not allow this to throw us off so yeah mixed well not good feelings and uh slightly uh slightly nervy for the the rest of the few fixtures but are you guys nervy or are you still confident in the abilities uh t- today i i believe that we were beaten by a better team and i don't mm, think there's yeah. anything like against because like, as much as people say oh the performance in the second half wasn't as good as the first half no we made three mistakes that led to goals and it in in all fairness, they still ran their socks off. They still created chances. Shane Long had two headers that could have gone in. Redmond hit the crossbar. Um, we nearly scrambled one over the line. Jack Stevens nearly got on the end of one as well. So like it wasn't like we just stopped playing and there was nothing that we could that the performance just dropped off a hill. We still created chances. We still 
like pushed on, even when it went to two two, we we were still pushing two one. We were still pushing to try and score goals, which is probably the reason why we lost because we were just hit on three counter attacks. So. Like people have been calling out for this attacking football. We continue to be attacking. We did not shut up shop, and we've lost three two. So it's, it's. I don't think it's just down to the fact that, like, yes, there were mistakes made, but Wolves changed the system. You know, Nuno Espirito Santos moved Traore into the centre to play two up front, had Neto and Jimenez up front, and Traore in the centre. And uh, those three against our two centre backs, it caused problems for us. Like Ben Reck and Stevens, they won the battle in the first half and then they lost it in the second because Traore just dominated them. So it's it's not just down to performance and all that. Wolves played better. They changed the system. They did well and we didn't adapt to it. So it's yeah. not just the players. It's also Ralph not adjusting to that. Because around about the 60th, um, when we went 2-1 and Wolves looked like they were getting back into it, I would have brought Romeo on and sat Romeo just in front, so we actually had a defensive midfielder on a Dharma Traore all the time because you know yeah. he's a key player, and he ended up walking away with like one of the man of match awards, something like that. Got two assists, so yeah. Yeah, again, he had another another good game in our preview. We mentioned that it was going to be a a dangerous player to go up against. Uh, I I said Traore and Jimenez when we went on the seventy seven Wolves club. We did an interview on there and I said uh, Jimenez and Traore were the two I was worried about. And today they were basically the majority of the damage that went against us. So, yeah, it's disappointing to see that we didn't um, we didn't really adjust to their tactical changes. That was a bit upsetting, I think. Uh, I just think the the confidence took a blow by the time we saw them getting built, built and built, built in. You kind of look, you think the confidence was still there when uh, Leicester, you know, with the Leicester game, it's a completely different environment, isn't it? They, they uh, went first and we built into the game and got that second and built on as the game went on. Whereas we were, we didn't kill the game by half time, but we were in a good position. And by that time we knew at half time Wolves were going to come out well and change the game because they do well in the second half. And we didn't go out and kill it, at, you know, 3-0, in the second half and by the time they came into it they they looked like the only team that were going to do the next next big thing in the game which was the concerning thing for me it just seemed like they they just had all the power it was a bit bit worrying to watch mm. however like you do say it does happen it's just a frustrating way to lose isn't it yeah yeah i, I agree we we seem to struggle against powerful strong quick strikers we had it against Antonio against West Ham he tore us apart I know we've had it against Traore as well I agree with Mikey we should have changed the system at 2-1 to 2-1 you can be that bit more defensive especially when the play was going in the balance of Wolves maybe even stick another centre-back in there just someone just to sit on Traore because the amount of times one of their players came short Traore or um, Johnny ran in behind as well there, there was another chance when Johnny came in behind that they almost scored. The amount of times we, we definitely could have done and when James Will Prowse got booked in that first half as well, that changed mm-hmm. the uh, the aggressive nature that he tackles in because he didn't want to get another yellow card. <clears throat> so there's, there's a couple of things that could have happened, but you know we, we live, we learn, and like I said, Palace will be hopefully a different, a different story. Yeah, and uh, Danny Ings had a quiet one, you've got to say. Um, they did well with their three centre-backs, really limited the space that he could either get in behind or drop in between the lines because they had Neves and uh, Matinho. Is that right? Yeah. Matinho, yeah, yeah. Um, And then their three centre-backs as well. Um, Yeah, really limiting that kind of space but being dangerous on the counter-attack. So away from home, they played their perfect game, really, and uh, really kind of cost us. It it just seemed like, yeah, we were were behind again tactically and uh, especially in that second half, we were trying to react to something that's already happened we weren't we weren't in control of the game at all we were just kind of playing catch up and by the end of the game we got punished for it um but yeah i don't know how you want to do that do you, how uh how do you guys want to go through this do you want to go through the game because obviously there was positives at the start it's good to look at the positives as well as the negatives we can go yeah. through the end and give our final thoughts yeah. So yeah, should we should we go for it? I'm I'm happy to list yeah. off. I mean th- this this week we all know what happened during the game, so we'll let we'll let Ollie go through it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, well, what I'm going to do is because we did it last time, we through Jamie just watching the video <laughs> didn't really work. Um, we did it once before, and I think it, a really p- good person who does the summaries of the game. I don't really like going through the Twitter ones because they're a bit biased. But Carl Anker, the Athletic uh, mm. correspondent, uh, puts his views on Twitter, puts a really nice indication of the actual feelings of the game at that time, which also I think's helpful because it has been couple of hours since the game's finished so just refreshing myself um uh, what happened first okay so he's saying Triore cuts inside and bending a shot so this was around what 10-12 minutes in Triore kind of cuts in from the side takes a shot I think Cedric got just in front of it and took it out for a deflection for a corner but early indications that Wolves were dangerous from the off I I think I remember seeing that and thinking this is a, a side that can pose danger no, I know they had a midweek game, but they still do look threatening. Did you have any concerns when you saw Triore cutting in like that and uh, having that shot across goal? I mean, I think you, you, you have concerns when you just look at the size of him. Yeah, he's yeah. massive. And you, you look at him compared to any of our back line, he's bigger than all of them. Mm. And I think it was a good point of comparing Triore and Antonio and the fact that they just bullied our back line. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always concerning when you see a player on that form with that strength, with the power that they have um, running at you. And as, mm. I mean, I thought Cedric had a very good game today. Yeah. I think he was left out to dry by uh, both the centre-backs today. Mm. I think he's quite unfortunate that he's the one then in around the box trying to mark three players or something like that. So, mm. uh, trying to keep on the first half and positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, keep it positive. It'll be a half and half. We can have a positive first half and then we can mm. go into the second half. But, um, after the trial, I think around 15 minutes, we get a free kick. I can't remember off the top of my head who who got the free kick or whatever, but we definitely know it was Paul Prowse putting it in the box. Do you guys remember where the free kick came from? I don't know. If no. I'm not too. I'm not okay. too sure. I'm not. But too it's more sure. well, putting it in, so I'm sure everyone was either there or seen it by now. But it's come across the box. Uh, it's initially near Danny Ings, and um, I think Jimenez is marking Danny Ings around that area. Kind of go passes those two by, bounces, comes to back post. Doherty is not near uh, Bednarek. I, I don't know whether they're doing zone or, mar- or keeping their line or whatever, but. Uh, Benarek finds himself in a bit of pay, uh, bit of space, space rather, not pace, <laughs> and uh, yeah, gets onto it, side foots, bends it into the corner. Keeper can't get there in time. It's one nil. Looking, um, it was quite a cagey first sort of ten minutes. So it was the first real chance, really, and we put it in, mm. in the back of the net. So it's looking good so far. Confidence is uh, is on a high, and uh, yeah, we get in the back of the net. It's one all. Uh, I, I, I just uh, Doherty was quite unlucky because the reason why um, you leave the man at the back post is because you don't expect it to go all the way there, yeah. and it's the, so you expect the ball to be floated into. If it's going to the back post, it's floated so you can adjust your body position and then drop back. Yeah. But because it was whipped low and hard and it bounces, you don't expect the ball to bounce. So Doherty's looked at this ball, not knowing where it's gone, and Benarek's done really well to react because we had one against Leicester where Stevens reacted late because he didn't expect Michael to miss it and it almost crept over the line and this one Benarek has managed to turn his body half volley it, curl it around Rupert Tricia and stick it in the back of the net which is like a real striker's finish yeah yeah it, it I was think an incredibly uh, good piece of reaction time from Benarek I can't remember which game it was at home but he had one very similar in the fact that he crept up back post again was it against Crystal Palace I think it yeah might it, been been, it kind Palace. of got blazed over near the northern yeah. side so he got his reward and it's obviously uh, he's found himself in a good bit of space and it's got to him and he's put it in the back of the net. So he's probably deserved that. And a player who's had some good performance in the recent run. So he's got himself a reward with the goal as well. So that's around 15, 1-0 at the moment. That pressure's off and the, the stadium's lifting up. Was the atmosphere, I wasn't there today, so you two can vouch for it. What was the atmosphere like at the start and what was the atmosphere once the goal went in? Well, I think it was a little, good, it was a little bit cagey at the, at the start, I'd say, because of the fact it's Wolves and you don't really know how to expect it. So it was a very like end-to-end game. It was quite scrappy. So no one really got a hold of the ball. And then as soon as we got it and we scored that goal, our confidence grew and we pressed and the crowd got behind and like really started roaring And when we were putting in tackles and stuff like that. So it was, um, yeah, it was good for the majority of the first half. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, next kind of highlight that I'm I've seen here. Uh, the Redman cross. I thought Redman had a decent game today. I know he got brought off early because we wanted to try and change the uh, the system or the personnel, basically. But he uh, beat his man down the left, I believe, puts a cross in, and it, it. I assume it was intended for Hoiberg, but it's kind of... Cedric nips in front of it and kind of goes for mm-hmm. a, a header down. Uh, it looked like a good chance, and they were both in good space, really, kind of in the same sort of area that they're aiming for. So... Yeah, it, it seemed like a strange one. But yeah, again, another good opportunity. And it was nice to see Redmond beating his man and getting the ball in as well. I thought he had a good game today and was doing that well. And yeah, again, another close chance there to find uh, Cedric and Hoiberg. Yeah. He, he, loves a, he loves a game against Wolves. Last time he played well against Wolves. He really had their defence's number. The problem is when we did make the substitutions in the second half, they weren't quite as impressive as Redmond in beating their men. But we'll get, we'll get on to that in the second half. Yeah. Uh, Hoiberg gets a card but yeah we know that about 30 minutes do you reckon that had an impact on the game like you said uh, was it you Tiz that said about how was it Hoiberg that got a card was it no Prowse my bad my bad Prowse yeah oh yeah because War Prowse was an aggressive tackler in the first he's always has been this season but him uh, they were all partnering up just to try and just boot chunks out of Triore and the and other players and when he got that yellow card after his second foul which was a correct decision by the referees we felt I think he had a good first half the referee especially on his debut in the Premier League that mm. definitely he had to hold back on his tackles and that 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 was a, a slight problem and that's why I was a bit disappointed that maybe on the 60 minute mark like Mikey said Romain might it might have been a good idea to put Romain on so we've got sort of like a clean slate in the midfields where players don't have yellow cards so if they need to make that foul yeah, yeah, very true. I, I, I mean, I I don't agree on the fact that the referee had a good first half because the amount of little like niggles and scraps and stuff like that. The reason why the game was scrappy is because there was just like a constant amount of fouling being made, and like if if you want the game to run smoothly and not have any fouls, you've got to book like an incident straight away. And there were quite a few incidents that looked like it, they could be yellow card worthy, and yeah. you did give a yellow for them. So that made me. More and more could be like let off and given away from, and I think Wolves were quite lucky with a couple of the tackles that they made that they didn't get booked. And I think our players were also quite lucky in the fact that they didn't get booked as well. The Wolves one was a yellow card, but there was a couple more that I thought maybe could have been a yellow card. But... I can't think of a specific example, but there's one definitely down the side where someone just took a a cynical foul because they were basically down the line if they got through, and the ref just put, uh, just called the foul and didn't book them. I can't remember who it was, but he seemed a, a very lenient. I remember the commentators at the time. Now you mentioned it, saying that referees just just a word in the ear. There, he, he seemed a very he'd rather talk to them and give a caution rather than actually get his cart out. So the, the one that really sticks in my head is uh, Redmond knocked it past Doherty and Doherty handballed it. Yeah, Redmond was through on goal at that point if he didn't let it go, um, and he didn't even book him for it. It was just a free kick. So that yeah. this, it was like little ones where he he really should have made a better decision than he did. But yeah, no, it's for both teams. It's not just down mm. to us. Yeah. Um, next thing that comes up, Neto putting a cross in. Jimenez kind of lashes as it, puts it, smacks it into Rosetta the chapel. But again, uh, building, it's still showing that they, they can um, pose a bit of a threat. I think Neto looked quite good today. Obviously, mm. we mentioned Triori seemed a danger as well. But... Like you say, those front three that they had all up there, for me, pose a real danger up there. And considering they're on about half fitness as well, um, you got to say, they they, they also only made one it. sub. Sorry, they, I think they only made one sub because their yeah. subs bench, they really didn't have strength in depth. And that's something that we probably should have taken advantage of, the fact that they couldn't make substitutions for quality for quality because mm. their bench was poor. Yeah. Poor in terms of squad depth, and that—that's the main disappointment today. That we couldn't take advantage of their lack of squad depth. Yeah, it's true. You'd kind of think with the pressing style, fingers crossed, we would try and tire out the opposition, mm. but it didn't really. They must be a hell of a fit team because, like I say, one sub um, playing midweek. They've also got was it their thirty-eighth game or something like yeah, that? Is I believe, that I believe yeah. so? Yeah, that's what I think it was. Yeah, so so a season worth of fixtures already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is crazy, isn't it? and you would kind of think if you had to make your prediction. I mean, you can have a look at our predictions that we made before the game. 
I said a one all. Tiz, you said a two all. Mikey, I don't know what you said. Do you remember? Two one. Two one. Yeah. So we were looking pretty positive. Obviously, we can say we're a bit biased, but you got to say second on the form guide. They play midweek and lost. Um, you'd kind of think. But, but then you also do have to remember that this is a Wolves team that in their first season in the Premier League they came seventh. And yeah. they've made improvements from that. And they are a very, very good side. You think Ruben Neves, captain of the Champions League side um, at the age of 21. Jean Moutinho uh, has won a European Championship. Raul Jimenez is one of the most informed strikers in Europe. And I'm surprised that he stayed at Wolves. Yeah. Adama Traore has finally learned how to play football instead of just trying to barge through <laughs> people. Yeah. Uh, because you, you tell me that Adama Traore is going to be one of the best players this season when he was playing for Middlesbrough a couple of years ago in the Premier League. Isn't like, he a he's Barcelona um, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, boy? Yeah, Barcelona player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you look at how rapid his development's been over the last season. He's been fantastic. So it's not it's not just a team that's played midweek and is struggling in the league. This is a European quality side that probably this year, if they weren't in Europe, they would be challenging for the top four. I think they could have pushed on with Leicester in wow. that way. Yeah, so I, yeah. Like, they're a very, very good side, and I think it's a little bit harsh saying that we probably should have just walked over them just because they had a midweek fixture. Oh, yeah, no, but that's not. That's not... I, I don't. I, that's not. That's not. That's not my feelings. I don't think that we should have walked over them. Yeah, but... a couple of people on Twitter were oh. like, oh, about it. So yeah. yeah. My sort of feeling is, look, they've done the double over Manchester City when they were 2-0 down and they've won 3-2. My only disappointment is we're 2-0 up. And that's, I think, uh, from Carl, I think you're, you're going to later Ollie with uh, his Twitter thread, but that's 42 points we've dropped from winning positions. That's my main port, point of disappointment. And any team that's played 38 games already this season, combined with the fact that they're not very good against teams that they probably should be beating. That's my only bit of disappointment. That's not. I'm not saying we should have beaten them, because, like I said, I was more apprehensive about this game than the game against Leicester. Against Leicester, like I said in the podcast, I was so confident this game, not so much. It was just the fact that the position that we got ourselves into, we shouldn't be letting it go. Maybe yeah. a point, maybe a draw, but we shouldn't be losing. And that's my main point of concern. And we knew Wolves were going to, you know, counter-attack and... <clears throat> but hey, we should get back to the running order, shouldn't we? So yes. let's focus on the positives. Mikey, the, this is going to be... Best, a the best moment of the game. Sorry, just... Out there. What, what, what is that, Mikey? What is the best moment of the game? Cedric puts in the cross. Actually, Armstrong keeps it in very well. Mm. No me to mention Armstrong, but uh, he deserves credit. He did well for it. Cedric puts in the cross. He kind of had his head down for it, which kind of... Uh, he just smacks it in there, head down, and puts it in. But, you know, it got into the end. Uh, Shane Long glancing header is a uh, first header since 2016-17 and uh, gets in the back of the net. Mikey Maven, the absolute limbs in the, <laughs> the St. Mary's. The absolute limbs in the chapel, yes. That, that was the... Uh... <laughs> I could hear him from the other side. I could hear him from I, I would be surprised, mate. I was screaming my head off. <laughs> but it's a man that he's been praised so highly for his work ethic and uh, the fact that he does all the build-up play or the, the the donkey work and Danny Ings gets the credit. But today he got his credit and he got his goal that he's been uh, looking out for. We know that they don't come too often, but when they do, <laughs> it's a nice little moment. And... Uh, I think it, it, he deserves his recognition he got on the score sheet as well. So he's got his goal as well as his contribution that goes behind the scenes as well. So nice to see Shane Long get on the score sheet. And uh, yeah, a nice moment. Mikey, do you want to talk us through <laughs> your feelings? Oh, it's a fantastic header. It's a brilliant header. The, the timing of his run, the fact he's got in between the two centre-offs and he's got low, nodded it in. Rupert had no chance. Um, and yeah, it was you know, it was just a fantastic moment. And at, at that point, I was thinking, all right, what can go wrong? And uh, unfortunately, lots of things could go wrong from that point. <laughs> yeah. but I, don't think, I, I don't know. I don't know because I didn't actually bother to do the research to find the stat. But I think majority of the times when Shane Long scored his first goal of the season, we haven't won. So <laughs> I, I should have known from that point that it probably wasn't going to happen, whatever we were trying to do. Yeah. Um, so obviously that went in. It's looking good so far. 2-0 within 36 minutes and then we're heading towards half-time. Nothing of note that I can particularly remember. Uh, we're still pressing, not you know, not relaxing. We're still pressing the uh, the Wolves side as we're going in. We kind of fall into half-time at this 
this point, I'm thinking. I think, I think Jimenez. Sorry to interrupt. I think Jimenez went quite close near the end of the half. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was. I oh, think, yeah. Box, him and then slid in, and um, almost got on the end. Well, no, he did get on the end, and he almost put it past McCarthy. He got a little bit too much on it, almost, if mm. I remember rightly. Yeah. And he kind of just needed on target. That was the problem. Yeah, because yeah. McCarthy, McCarthy's body weight was going one way. If he just put it in the corner, that's that's two one. But yeah. at two nil, I said to my dad, I think two minutes before they scored in their second half. We d- we need a third because yeah. I'm not feeling I'm not feeling comfortable with their because they put Traoré in the centre and he's a fantastic he is a fantastic athlete and player at the same time I wasn't feeling confident at all. Yeah, and the 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 stats that they were reading out in half time the fact that Wolves have been so much better in the second half I'm not going to be able to reel off Wolves stats for you but they are a second half team they're a comeback team they uh, they almost kick on better when the opposition go ahead. You know, if they have to win a game, it normally ends up in a draw, really. So we ended up going ahead and I'm thinking, I'm a little bit worried thinking, right, we need to either kill this game 3-0 before the half. So they've got too much of a a mountain to climb those 45 minutes. Or I was thinking, we've got to come out just as firing for that next goal than they are to try and get back into it. Otherwise, they will tip the balance and they'll get ahead. And then knowing how quickly St. Mary's can turn, then the problems are all on. And that's kind of what happened, wasn't it? We, you know, they had, they came out fighting. They, uh, they got that next goal, and then the balance turned, and it looked kind of one-sided from that position. Are you guys in the same kind of thoughts as that? Yeah, yeah. When it was when it's two-one, you you can feel it. You can feel it changing because not only do the fans know, but the players know how many times we've given away that sort of position. So it's just that almost muscle memory of. This, there's a good chance this can happen again, and it's, yeah. that that worry sets in. That worry sets in for both fans and players, and when they're both concerned, there's <coughs> sometimes only one thing that can can happen. If there's like there's still a good what thirty minutes left of the game, but when you've got that sort of mindset, sadly, there's a good chance you're going to concede at least one more, and we conceded two more after they made it two one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so actually going to the goal, we've had a little discussion about it off mic, but we can have about it on on mic as well. Um, in the build-up, we've got a... Oh, blimey. Well, tri- I know Triori's taken on both. He's gone down the right-hand side? No, yeah. uh, left. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was against, our, it was against yeah. our, our left-hand side. And yeah, Ben Rex ben almost tries to get to the ball first against Triori, which... You should never do because Triolways always get in there first. And then that sort of pushed into the left hand side, meaning that one of our centre backs are out of position. Yeah. And then Stevens is pushed over as well. And I I was frustrated, so I was I was blaming Cedric a little bit because he's becomes a scapegoat for me sometimes, which is unfair on him because he's only a player. And uh, the ball comes into him. He's, he's kind of stuck he's stuck he's stuck between three people, to be honest. And by the time he gets over Neto you know, he's basically got to abandon the person next to him. You got to say, if Cedric goes straight to him, he's probably going to knock it onto the next bloke. Let's be honest. Like, if Cedric goes straight into him, he's going to put it to the guy next to him, and he's going to put it in the back of that. So, we basically got caught out. If you're going to play a pressing game and Trari can slip the press and get behind, you're in danger. And that's exactly what they did, and they punished us through that. So, that was two one. Any other got any other kind of thoughts that you guys have got on the goal? Um, I, it felt like Wolves um, Wolves changed the system and they had um, a Traore played a lot more centrally in the second half playing behind a two instead of a one so it felt like all of the time we had um, we had a three on two of our centre backs because Bertrand and Cedric were getting so high up the pitch when they didn't need to uh, to create chances that he just left a two on three and we struggled with uh, Traore's strength and power just to try and stop him. And they also seemed to go a lot more direct. It felt like that they were trying to build through um, each sort of third of the pitch um, in the first half. And then in the second half, they just sort of did what we do and just lumped it up and tried to challenge our centre-back, put our centre-back under pressure, and it worked. Yeah. It, it was. I thought it was fair play to balls at the end of the game because they changed the system and we didn't. And that's the result of it. It's very true. Tiz, any thoughts or should we move on to the next moment? For the, for the for their goal, it just felt like Neto had so long. I don't know what it was. It just felt like everything was going in slow motion. The amount of time he had to take it under control, then hit it into the back of the net. I think our players 
there's a slight feeling that it might have touched his hand because our players sort of backtracked. They didn't press onto him, not and they they allowed him almost to have that shot. And I was that I was standing there comfortably in my minstrel thinking uh, VAR's going to disallow this because this is hit his elbow. Well, it didn't. It didn't hit his elbow. It was a fantastic control with his chest, turn, shot, and it's 2-1, and it's a completely different game from that point, and point onwards. Yeah. and uh, Before that, didn't we have a couple of chances? Shane Long hit the uh, base of the post from a header. He also put a header wide mm-hmm. too. Um, I don't, the Redmond hitting the crossbar came afterwards. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. might have been a 2 when you lose it's a lot harder to think when things happen yeah. and you try and forget you're it quickly you're in kind of red mist aren't you really like, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm just kind of going off what's here on the moment so um, mm-hmm. uh, to be fair I might be missing stuff but yeah feel free to pick me up on if, if there is anything that you do want to mention or that I've missed out just uh, give me a shout and we can go back over it um, there's the next bit I cut, again between now looking at the second chance the Penalty shout slash penalty of uh, Cedric and Stevens kind of coming together between, I think it's Neto, isn't it, running in on goal. Yeah. Um, Cedric going to try and stay on feet. Stevens is coming round and basically just doesn't get that touch on. Like I, I'm watching it like, oh, has he got a, the faintest of touch on his stud or something? But no, it, he just doesn't get the connection and just kind of impedes Neto's progress. So, uh, interesting to see if the referee did just wait for the VAR or whether he didn't see that as a um, a penalty. But one thing's for sure is he didn't go and look at the, the pitch side monitor, which apparently is going to be something that they were meant to be implementing from now on. I think that was only for red card. I might be wrong, but I think oh, that was red only card, for red card correct. incidents. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But the thing is, it's there to have a look at as well. Oh, that? yeah. I, two, I, think, I don't two, think it's right two, what they said, but that's what... Um, <clears throat> two people's opinions on a foul may be different to just the one person. So as look, like, I, I still think the ref should have gone over. It was a penalty. Yeah. Like, there oh, was yeah. no way was. That Stevens yeah. was um, touching the ball or Cedric had touched the ball. It, uh, it was a penalty. But in another incident, it, it's probably better for the ref to go over anyway. Because it also means that it, it looks like that something's happening. You know yeah. that something's happening instead of like you're just sat there watching the ref stand in the middle of the pitch with a load of Wolves players around him, shouting at him, saying it's a penalty, which I don't understand how that's not consent, but, you know, um, yeah. or dissent. Dissent, not consent. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you are going into something else there, Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, like you said, Mikey, like, all the players crowding around the referee, you've got no idea what's going on, whereas I would really like to see them go over and actually have a look at the monitor mm-hmm. and a, have a look for themselves. Because one of the things that the comments like, I'm not going to lie, like, I watch it on like an American stream and some of the commentary <gasps> that you get on there is pretty dodgy. But one thing that they actually were spot on is about, about is the fact that you've got two people sat in front of a TV watching it elsewhere. I can't remember where the place is that they do the VAR from. But, you know, have a look at the referee. Every referee is different and every referee is going to have an opinion. But the thing is, every decision that goes through from that referee is done by himself and his own personal opinion. So why is his personal opinion discredited when it comes to a VAR call? Let him yeah. go over and have a look at the monitor and make his own decision. Like you say, like if it's a red card incident or something like that, I know it's slightly off topic, but a red card incident, depending on the referee, is going to be different because what they see in person could be different. It could be a yellow, it could be a red. Like Mike Dean loves his cards, so he's probably going to give a red if it's a red card situation. But the one we saw today... He didn't really like to get his cards out, so he might think a decision like that. If he's not, if he doesn't think it's a red card, he might not overturn a decision. It's completely different to each referee, but you trust that referee for the whole game, so you should really trust him with the VAR calls. Let him go over and have a look at the monitor and make his own decision for himself. Yeah, I just think fair instead of getting honestly, two other. Honestly, I think it's a disgrace. What VAR is. In terms of, I'm a, I'm a big backer of VAR, but if you saw the Sheffield United Arsenal game, mm-hmm. a very similar thing happened where Pepe was going through, he popped the ball through, and two Ars, uh, sorry, two Sheffield United players blocked him off. One stuck a leg out, and one blocked him, similar to Cedric and Stevens, but that wasn't given as a penalty. So if we yeah. had that referee and that VAR checker, I don't know what they're called, at um, at St George's Park maybe ours wouldn't have been given a penalty and if they had our referee and our VAR checker that would have been given as a penalty I think there needs yeah. to be clear rules or like like you said the referee needs to have another look because 
his it's sort it's sort of when there's big situations, his opinion doesn't matter. It's the person in the VAR booth that matters. So mm. I think that bit does need to change. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was a penalty straight away. The people behind me was like, "Oh, there's not a chance." But me and <laughs> me and my father looked at each other, thinking that's a hundred percent a penalty. That's going to go to VAR and that's going to be given because our player got absolutely nowhere near the ball. And that's what that's what VAR is there for. That mm. was a clear penalty. That was a clear and obvious mistake, in my opinion, and that's why it was overturned. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, when you're mentioning that, oh no, goal, Mikey. I was just oh, going no, to say, from my angle, it looked like Stevens had done the world's best tackle. Because, oh, really? Yeah. Because you, you're the you other side, Steve, aren't you? You see Stevens going for a tackle, mm. and you see the ball spurt out for a corner, and you're thinking, oh my God, that is a worldy of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the and, thing is, yeah, he gets called back. When, well, when Tiz says about the people that sit behind him and saying that they say it's never a penalty, now, Tizard was sat next three seats away from my own dad and where I used to sit. So when he says the people behind him talking, I know the exact people that he's talking about. <laughs> and I've been sat next to them for about, oh, about 11 years of my life. So I know exactly the ones <laughs> you're talking about. So if there's anyone that winded you up, Tiz, I know exactly the ones they are. So yeah, there you go. They didn't wind me up. They were just wrong. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Wrong. Well, they, they, we could have a, we could go on for ages about uh fans that have been wrong near you um so yeah penalty Jimenez puts it away pretty coolly basically just waits for McCarthy to move and puts it the other way um in the stadium how long did it take because it seemed like a long time on the on the stream did it take a long time in in real life to actually get a decision or was it done fairly snappy it felt like forever honestly it felt like forever and like the fact that there was only six minutes of additional time that's exactly a disgrace yeah, because it is like I swear it took about three and a half minutes to get that VAR call for the um, first goal. There was also a bit of VAR for the last goal. It was also VAR, and um, Raul Jimenez spent about five minutes on the pitch Bang stroking on. his face. Yeah, so yeah. how have they got six minutes from that amount of stoppage? It's yeah. ridiculous. But yeah. I, 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 we should have probably got another fifteen. Going on, it felt like it, yeah, because it felt like it just went on forever. It was ridiculous because it just seems like the because I remember at the start of VAR, we were getting like nine minutes out of time or something like that, which I know seems excessive, but that's probably correct. Do these fourth officials just press the stopwatch and just go, Oh, we should really have 15, but ah, let's just give it six because they got like they got a spinny wheel and they'll just, yeah, yeah, whatever number it lands on. Because I thought eight would have been a good number, but even then I thought that was a bit, I thought yeah. that was a bit low. Uh, I, I was a bit shocked with six. I thought they were going to give the four because they always just normally give four, whatever happens. But mm. um, yeah, I thought there should have been at least eight, eight minutes added on. But right, um, not well. Redmond cuts inside. Pro- this is probably the next Southampton chance from the goal. Redmond cut inside. Wait, which side did he cut from? Must have been left, left to right. To right. Left, left to right. Yeah. It's left to right. Cuts yeah. inside, hits it across, dips to the last second, and just grazes the top of the crossbar. <laughs> pings off. Really close. Just so unfortunate because you think that's such a good chance. Got the mm. got in the space. Right. Add a pop, and it's just hit the crossbar. And you think another day if that dips a little bit more or whatever, and that hits back of the net. Completely different game again. But yeah, it does hit the crossbar. But again, Redmond making a positive impact on the game. And I think he did well today. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it comes up in the moment or whether it's later on, but Cedric, no, not Cedric, what am I on about? Uh, Redmond uh, beats his man and gets it in the box. Again, I think he did really well on beating his man, getting it in the box and uh, creating good opportunities today. So it's nice to see Redmond actually doing well and uh, kind of keeping his place in the team even if the actual overall game wasn't particularly that great. It's also It's also good to see that he's got the confidence back of running at people because yeah. that's what he's good at. He's fantastic at running at people, making them scared. And it's good that he's actually got something from the end product, even though it's not an assist. He's got something where it's made a connection of someone and we've nearly scored or it's resulted in something different. So it's, it's good that he's actually getting an end product from it too. And it's not just running at people. Mm. Very true. Um, any other chances between double substitution uh, che come Che and Musa come on for Armstrong and Shane Shane gets a standing innovation for his uh, his efforts up front. Uh, let's have a look. 
Next one, uh, they've got down as Wolves. Was there anything between the subs in there or was it uh, just the next opportunity for Wolves? Jimenez basically in the centre, puts it away. Um, another counter-attack that we've conceded from, but that's Wolves style. That's how they get their opportunities. Um, Trioria and uh, Jimenez just pose such a danger when they're both up, mm. up top together. Uh, I can't quite remember the actual situation. <laughs> to be honest, it's all kind of gone into a blur for me. And I, uh, I, Tri- just, yeah. Tri- I think Jimenez has knocked it round to the right-hand side. Troy has held it up well in the box, waited for Jimenez's run. He's squared it yeah. across. Everyone's yeah. got sucked into Jimenez. Oh, sorry, Troy Ray, apart from Cedric, who was sort of just standing in the box. Jimenez was free, ran in, first-time finish. I just had, yeah. And even McCarthy. then, like, could Cedric be a little bit closer in that situation? I, for, think, I think so. But then again, it is a one. It is just him and Jimenez. He should be looking at Jimenez, but there's also probably other Wolves players outside the box that he's got to be looking at. So it's it's harsh to criticise Cedric, but if there's anyone you could do, it that's just probably seems... him. But then why is, there's also the thing of why is there three men on uh, trial? Right? There's yeah, may, maybe two, maybe one, because well, they've all got sucked into that one space. Yeah. I, th- I don't think the incident should even be happening in the first place because you look you look at the positioning. So it's all from a counter-attack. It's a long ball that's been lumped forward. Adama Traore has beaten Jan Bednarek in the air. Now, Adama Traore has used his hand to control that ball and knock it back to Jimenez. And they've deemed that as not a handball, even though it's in the attacking... Like, it's an attacking moment, motion that's led to a goal. And any team that's on the attacking side it should be disallowed for handball because it was a handball. Yeah. So, like, that's that has frustrated me, no doubt. So, certainly, Benrek should be beating Traore to it. He's He's got a couple of inches on him. He's also probably got a bad jump on him. He should be beating him to it. Jack Stevens has then dropped back 10 yards and played everyone on, on yeah. side. So, like, we shouldn't even be getting into that situation. Steven yeah. should be stepping up, staying with Bednarek. Even if he's trying to judge the run of Traore, he's nowhere near close enough to get across to Traore. And Bednarek should not be beaten. So it's, like, two mistakes. And then the third one of Cedric not being close enough to Jimenez mm. has, like, we've had three mistakes leading to that one goal. Yeah. And that's the reason why we, we've lost today. Because we've made the mistakes and Wolves didn't make them. 100%. Very true, Yeah. Um, so that's three two. Was there any other particular? Buffal smashed one into into Rose's yeah. right, right at the last, which is which is frustrating. Not yeah, Buffal came on for Redmond. I think uh, who else could he really bring off at that point? That was the only issue, wasn't it? He's obviously changed a striker and a um, the da, 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 a winger yeah, it's, and it's striker. The only, it's the only thing that they, he could have done because I don't yeah. think Oberfemi would have had an impact in that game, particularly off the bench. I think that's the only thing he probably could have done. But Buffal didn't really have a lot of time to make a difference. But you know, if, if you want to be starting in the team, you've got to you've got to try and make worth of the little time you have on the pitch. And sadly, that wasn't the case today. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, because I think, I thought Ings should have come off. Especially with what Ralph said in the press conference, saying that he wasn't going to be playing the full 90 and that he will be given breaks because of how tough the runner fixtures has been. I thought Ings should have come off, because Long had such a better impact on the game than Ings did. I know Ings is yeah. 14 goals. But I would say it's a lot more dangerous having Long and Adams up top with the amount of pace that that brings than having Long and Ings. Because I know Ings is quick, but Ings is tired and he can actually get an injury. Mm-hmm. Oh, long, mm. long had had a much better impact on that game. He he like been a really good target man, held it up well. I don't know if him being there would allow flick cons to go down to Adams. Mm. Like that's just something that's gone into my head as well. So yeah, uh, no, I, th- yeah. I think that, I think that's correct due to the fact that you wanting Ings to come off. You don't. That doesn't mean you think he's had a bad season. That's just game by game basis. Ings yeah. didn't have a chance today. Long got himself in the position three or four times. He didn't need to. He didn't need to come off because he was having a good game. Ings just got marked out the game. There's nothing he can do to that because they just know that he's the dangerous player out of the yeah. two. So that's. Also, I think that's also, correct. I think you're well, talking well, tight to say expecting that. us to take Ings off. Like, mm. and if we take Ings off and we bring on, we have two incredibly quick, or we could have brought Obafemi and Adams on and put mm. them both up there and like really like try and destroy them with pace because. We were we were 
we were still dominating the game. And that, that was the problem. We were dominating the ball and we were still bringing the ball forwards and we just couldn't break them down. So maybe just a long ball luck if we got counter-attack, maybe try and win the ball back, counter them ourselves. That was yeah. the problem today is that when they did counter, we weren't there to stop it. Uh, yeah. Mm. Very true. Um, like you said, Bufal kind of sliced the shot wide near the end. Uh, Stevens headed wide, I think, at a point. I, I can't yeah. really remember. It was, it was a very, it was, it was very, very close. Steven's header was very, very close. Uh, Blue foul wasn't too close. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it wasn't great. And the last highlight from the game, which I don't think he would have seen his of. Um, so a kid ran onto the pitch while we're oh, right. still trying to um, win, like come back and try and get a point from the game. A kid runs onto the pitch. He runs onto Bufal. Bufal does quite well and gets the kid off quite quickly without and almost trips him over yeah nearly trips him over <laughs> and then the kid the kid gets grabbed by a steward and the kid starts being walked down the tunnel from a steward and I think it's his dad has run down to these steps obviously not happy in the fact that his kids who he's I'm guessing encouraged to run onto the pitch or like the kids run onto the pitch um he's come down and obviously started having an argument with the stewards and then I turn and look at the game, turn back. All of a sudden, there's a fight happening down the tunnel between four stewards and this lad's dad. Jesus and it's absolutely Christ. mental what's going on. And then it, they saw ambulance personnel down there too. And it's yeah, it was it was quite a sour end to a really poor game. So yeah. this wasn't great. But if you're the moron letting your kid run onto the pitch... Like, yeah. You I can't... Let, I, you've got to happen. You've got to let it go through the protocol of what they need to do. Just just because he's a child, yeah. he's still got to learn. Yeah. And like, I can't really comment because they do that thing of uh, on the TV. Yeah. As soon as this pitch invader comes on, they go, whoosh, and just like <laughs> on something else. Here's the, like, here's the crowd, guys. Here's, yeah, yeah. Or like a, the there'll crowd. be like a close-up of a player like shaking their head or something like that. Oh, this, this is disgraceful. This yeah. is. The thing, this is probably one of the worst times to run onto the pitch, in all fairness. We're 3-2 down. We're still chasing the game. There's about a minute left. And that's the point that you've chosen to run onto the pitch and yeah. try, like got a hug from Bufal. Thing is, yeah. it was at the point Bufal just smashed it into the crowd and it was a goal kick. I thought it was going to go over and just boot Bufal or something like that. Because he's only a short, he's, he's a short child, so he's quite a young child. He, he's, he doesn't know what he's, he's going to do. So I, I, was, I was concerned he would have done something. But thankfully, Bufal, he did well in walking off the pitch. He was a little hug, walking off the pitch. Yeah. And, yeah. And then we'll Kale down the tunnel, which was <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so a bit of a sour ending of the game there. Um, is there any kind of else you want to kind of talk about? I mean, it's where does it? So what's the game fan for Palace? Because obviously it's it's a close game. Um, we've then got Palace and then Liverpool away. So we don't want to have. The last thing you want is a bad run of games and then go to Liverpool away because you kind of thought. Oh yeah. And got to the point through the amount of wins we were getting. I was thinking, well, we've beaten all these teams with second in the form guide. Let's go to Liverpool and uh, create an upset. But I think we have had a bit of a setback today, obviously proving that we're not untouchable. We have got to be realistic and uh, form is temporary, but you've got to try and uh, have those performances and those effort levels as well. You can't just rely on uh, good, you know, like uh, just good form. You do have to put the effort in and don't expect good wins. So. Yeah, uh, we've got Palace. Is there anything you're either concerned about or you want to see or what the game plan is? What what, what you reckon? Like We'll cover I'm, it in the preview I'm game. Con- but... I'm concerned that Ralph will drop players from this squad. I right. think this is the best starting eleven that we can put out week, week yeah. out at the moment. And I'm concerned that he'll break up the back four because there were a couple of mistakes in there. I'm afraid that he'll he might drop Armstrong because even though he did a couple of good things, he didn't have a massive impact on it. No. So I'm afraid that he'll drop Armstrong as well because it's like we've now got a solid 11 that have been unbeaten for the last six before Wolves. And I don't think that should change. Even because I think the worst thing you can do to a player, if the player's made a mistake and it's his first one in a while, the worst thing you can do is then drop him. Yeah. Because you want, you want that player to then like try and prove himself that he shouldn't be dropped. It was a one-off and it won't happen again. So I think we should stick with the same eleven for the Palace yeah. game. 
And yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed, we will. I don't think he trusts any any other defenders. I think he'll keep the same back four just because I don't think he trusts any of our backups. <laughs> Who else you put out there? That's, what, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't think he trusts anyone else. But my feeling is, don't let all the good work you've done in the last three, four, five weeks count for nothing. Hoiberg said in the post-match press conference, "Just shock, we lose a game out of nowhere, and Hoiberg gets thrown out there." <laughs> he, he's, he said that you know that the squad's still in a good place and. I think you said, so it, this isn't the exact quote, but it was something like excited about the next game or it was something to that extent. Yeah. So they, I'm pretty sure they want to prove prove themselves that this isn't, this. well, sorry, this is an anomaly. This is a one-off. And they're going to go to the Palace and show that. And I'm looking forward to the Prowse versus Zaha battle once again. Yeah, very true. So, yeah, we will uh, cover the Palace preview. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we'll tr- do a preview for the Palace game. Mm. Obviously, it's a uh, the FA Cup squeezes those fixtures so yeah we'll play uh palace so yeah stay tuned for that we'll give our kind of previews for that and our thoughts for it but in the meantime yeah you can have a look on our uh socials which is at saints prime pod you can have a look at all of our we've got match coverage transfers updates and things like that all around southampton so stay tuned for that and whenever podcasts go live so obviously we're on a bit of a different schedule because of the palace game but Make sure you've got your notifications on as well. So as soon as the uh, episode comes available, you'll get a link straight to it. So you can go and listen to it on whichever podcast and host you want as well. Uh, also get questions as well. We're going to send questions in. So Tiz uh, handles all the questions. So I'll let him answer how they get the questions in. Saints Prime on yep. the Instagram. I'll put it on tomorrow, actually. I'll put the questions on tomorrow. So Sunday, so probably today as you're listening. So you can go to the Saints Prime Instagram, put your questions in. And we'll answer every single one of them. Every single one. So yeah, make sure you get your questions in. Make sure you tune in for the past preview game and we'll see you then. So it's been me, Ollie. I've also been joined by... Harry. And... Mikey. Thank you very much for listening. Again, yeah, see you for the past preview. Uh, yeah, see you then. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Up Saints. Keep the faith.